Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Eastern Conference Finals between the Celtics and the Heat. I'm Jason Tatum. I don't think anybody on the Heat team can defend it. This rising superstar has been just magnificent. Tatum, sidestep, three-pointer, puts it in. The third quarter has been the best quarter for the Heat so far in these playoffs. What a turnaround here in this third period. This is a Miami Heat avalanche. At the start that Jason Tatum had sparked something in Jimmy Butler. I don't care if it's a big stage or he's watching. I know why I do what I do. He is Jalen Rose. I'm David Jacoby. We are Jalen and Jacoby. What, what is it dog? that we do? We get a people. What they want. You know when the big game is in Miami. Jalen and Jacoby are in Miami, too. It was so great to be in the building for the game last night. You can feel the crowd and feel the energy. And at the beginning of the game, the energy wasn't great. It really wasn't. The Celtics started out hot. And then <laughs> after, the, after the break in the third quarter, it was Jimmy Buckets taking over. Was it Styles P? He said, gangsters don't die to get chubby. Oh, that's Jada. Shout out to the locks. I love them so much. He said, gangsters don't die to get chubby and move to Miami. That's what Jimmy Butler did when he left Philly. Because so many people felt like that was the wrong choice. And teaming up with the culture of the Miami Heat, Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra, just think about something. On tomorrow's show, I need to see a clip of three things. Eric Spolstra confronting Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, and Jimmy Butler. Ever since that confrontation happened, the Heat have been the best team in the NBA record-wise. And ever since the playoffs start, started, Jimmy Butler's been the unstoppable force. The over-under mm-hmm. for him scoring points yesterday was 25. I'm thinking it's going to be in the mud, some struggle going back and forth, lockdown defenders, Celtics, you know, top-tier D. Obviously, they were out Marcus Smart and, and, and Al Horford. Jimmy Butler had 22nd, 27 in the second half alone. In the second half alone. And, and let's not underestimate, like, the complete game. When you see a player scoring 41 but blocking Jason Tatum three-point shots, that, that's incredible. And, and how about the defensive effort of Bam, too? I know his stats weren't eye-popping, but, like, he's an incredible defender as a big and a ball handler. And they came out in the third quarter, and that defensive tenacity and that effort was there, and it sparked their team. Their backcourt in the first half, Jacoby, undrafted, by the way. Struess and Vincent had five points. They had 23 alone in the second half, getting out in transition. Look at Bam. 
Look at the effort Bam playing with. That sparked the team. And shout to P.J. Tucker was dealing with an injury, came back into the game. Like, it, it was a... It was a it was a terrific game, as you know. We enjoyed it. And this this hopefully is going to be a long series. But we need Al Horford back in this series. And Jacoby, I fear that we're not going to see him in game two. I don't think so either. But I want to go back to Jimmy Butler for a second because he had 41, as you mentioned. He is a wing player. How many threes did he have? One three. 41 points, one three. Another thing he did is he got to the foul line over and over and over he was just 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 getting his shoulder into people getting fouls playing physical being aggressive the way that he got to the line it just seemed like the Celtics had absolutely no answer for him thank you I'm glad you brought that up sir because he plays physical and the way he got those buckets that's called working the game Jacoby mm. like what I mean by that there's there, there's a microwave way to get your points, and then there's an oven way to get them. And that's what Jimmy Butler represents as a modern-day wing, as you mentioned. He's not coming down, pulling up a three with 20 seconds to go on the shot clock. Or he's not attempting 10 three-pointers in the game. He's getting you high efficiency to get his 40 from the floor, but he's doing it in all facets. He's doing it driving. He's doing it posting. He's doing turnaround jumpers. He's doing it off the dribble. He's doing it off the catch. He's getting steals and getting breakaway dunks. He's getting deflections mm -hmm. and getting layups in transition. Like, he's working the game. Oh, and by the way, when it slows down, pump fake foul, go to the line 17 to 18 times and knock those down too. It was, it, it was a masterpiece performance of all-around basketball by Jimmy Butler. It absolutely was, and that's one side. That's the superstar for the Heat. The superstar for the Celtics had himself a nice first half, but one of the stories of this game is his third quarter and the turnovers and the way the Heat defense just made things so hard on Jason Tatum. He got up to a terrific start, as you mentioned, 21 points. Robert Williams III, the big fella, it was good to see him out there. He was 5 for 5 at the half. He was blocking shots. He was aggressive. He was attacking. But then in the second half, the Miami Heat turned it up defensively. And look at that. You see that right there? Forcing him to give up the ball and make a play. And at that time, it worked for the Celtics. And Peyton Pritchard, he had a couple of great plays offensively, mm -hmm. but they were also targeting him defensively. And, of course, when you don't have Marcus Smart out there as your defensive player of the year playing the point, that's going to be a big factor. Yeah, like you said, it just seemed like whenever Vincent would, had Peyton Pritchard covering him, all they did is just Vincent would set the screen, they would switch, and then they would go to work on Pritchard. And again, a lot of that is due to the absence of Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart didn't feel like he was absent wearing the pink silk and screaming at everybody on the sideline, but Butler, again, <laughs> was the story of this one. And Robert Williams had himself a really good first half. Maybe they can build off that because, you know, in place of Horford, he's going to see more minutes. So there is there is some positives for the Celtics. It was all in all a very difficult night. But this is just them working the pick and roll. Williams was good. You know what I mean? I like I like what Williams did. He got a lot of dunks in the first half. But Jalen, one of the things I wanted to point out is seems like every time there's an NBA game, there's a Jalen in the starting lineup. And last night was no different. And you were in the building, <laughs> as I mentioned. And you had yourself a little moment with your namesake, Jalen Brown. Absolutely. And just so you know, rest in peace to my beloved mother, Jeannie Cassandra Rose. She took pride in creating the name and the young men they became. And she loved him. And mm. the one thing I'm going to tell you is when his social activities saw him driving from Boston from, to Atlanta during the pandemic, 
and marching and leading one for his people, that validated for her. And it validated clearly for me that her sparking that name has really created, like think about it, we're in the final four of the NBA. The Dallas Mavs have one as well. So it's, it's, it's just a blessing to get a chance to break bread with my guy. And, uh, they didn't get the win, but I believe it's still gonna be a long series. I believe so as well. And the action on the court was great, but there was some post-game action that I need to get your opinion on, Mr. Rose. Something I love about Tyler Hero, he had himself a nice game, especially in the first half yesterday. Uh, <laughs> and then he shows up to the press conference with the hat and the sleeveless and the glasses. <laughs> like, look at Bam's reaction. The, the, here, here's the beauty of all of this. Here's what I want everybody to know. Like, the reason, there are multiple reasons why the Fab Five is beloved. But the number one thing in a team dynamic is that when you can tease each other like brothers and people don't take it personal. Mm. Like, those relationships are formed off of respect, off of trust, off of time spent. And you see players at the podium with different body languages, different energies after they play a game. Like, that's a brother dynamic right there. You know, that, that's a buddy. They might as well be doing our show. That, that's a buddy <laughs> cop right there. It's like, all right, sixth man of the year, you walk in, we just won, you're doing your thing, I ain't mad at you, oh, you got yours out, I'm going to pull mine out. But in all honesty, like, those are the type of moments that make team sports so very valuable. It was funny to me, especially because he did an interview on SportsCenter in a Miami Heat hoodie after the game, and then like 10 minutes later, he popped out <laughs> looking like that. I was like, man, what a transition. We're going to make a transition here as well because the action in Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals wasn't the only action in the NBA. It was the draft lottery franchise-changing night last night. Here are the top five. Unfortunately, your Pistons are at number five, but the Magic got number one. How do you feel about the Pistons at five? I was hoping that we got a top three pick, but mm -hmm. a top five pick, as our great GM Trey Weaver would say, we ready to pick right now. And the thing is, Kay Cunningham is legit. So that now gives you the piece to go out and add to something. And you know how much I love Bay. You see mm -hmm. him score 50 this year, Jacoby? Did, did, oh, did I you see him score stew. 50 this year? So, I love Beef Stew. Beef Stew physicality and energy. Jeremy Grant, still a veteran that could get you 25 points. Like, I love what our team is doing with Dwayne Casey. Now you add a top five pick, we're going to keep building. Like I told you, you ready to come to some playoff games in downtown Detroit this season? Oh, I'm ready to come. But I know you've got the front office on text. So just text him shade and sharp. <laughs> he, was at, he was like at Kentucky, but he left the school. He didn't play, but he's really good in high school, and no one's really seen anything from him. But he can shoot, and he's someone that they should potentially target at number five if still available. The Knicks, it's just another, it's another, it's another draft lottery, just another draft lottery loss for the Knicks. You know, they're going to be picking 11th, and hopefully they can get a game-changing player there. But it's just every draft lottery, it seems like they never improve their position. I think it's been like 15 years in a row where they've never improved their position based on their chances and where they ended up. It's just so depressing. I mean, I, I feel for so, all of these Knicks fans right here. So especially at South Seaport, because like that building, 
Uh, because it's in New York, has a ton of people that either live in New York, played in New York, or work in New York. It's almost like a local building. So it's funny to like be around Stephen A. and Greeny and you to to like see what happens when the Knicks come up short, quote unquote, in the lottery. And I got to remind you guys of something that the rest of the world knows. When Patrick Ewan became the number one pick, the rest of the world thought that that was a fix. Well, and now, now, now then, the car was coming back being punished. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe it's funny y'all being punished for that. The New York basketball <laughs> chemistry is funny because everybody cares about the Knicks and Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant are on the Nets, but they're still the little brother in the relationship. <laughs> Jalen, we haven't spoken about the game tonight. It is the matchup. It is Luka and the shooters against that man, the shooter, Steph Curry and the Warriors. We'll get you ready for the big game tonight. Right after this, you're watching Jalen and Jacoby. Look at Luka. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for watching Jalen and Jacoby on television, but the experience does not stop there. Make sure you subscribe and follow our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, because that's where we get to talk about all of the things they won't let us talk about on television. Welcome back to Jalen and Jacoby. Jalen Rose, tonight, it is finally time. We get to see Luka Doncic play more playoff basketball. The first time he's ever been out of the first round, now he's in the Western Conference Finals against the Warriors. Can he keep up his hot streak? He can keep up his hot streak, Jacoby, and and rightfully so, people are going to wonder how can you continue to put up eye-popping numbers like that. But Luka's become the most dominant perimeter player in the game. So those numbers are going to be consistent. They have been consistent. The key for the Warriors is to try to make them less efficient. And it seems like you'll start the game with having Wiggins on them. Draymond to get a lot of guarding him. Klay Thompson to get a lot of guarding him. The beauty about Luka is everybody's going to get it because he's an equal opportunity employer. Now, the key, though, for the Warriors, however, I mean, the key, however, for the Mavs is, can Jalen Brunson keep it up? How about mm-hmm. Dinwiddie, his 30-plus in the previous game? Is, Bl- is Bullock and Finney Smith going to be making threes and Burt's hands and Kleber? That's going to be the key. I know what I'm going to get from Luka. That's a really good point, and it's all led by Jason Kidd. Let's not forget, on the other side of the ball is Steph Curry. Everyone's talking about how Jimmy Butler's the best player in the playoffs, and Luka's the best player left in the playoffs, and Jason Tatum's the best player left in the playoffs. Seems like everybody forgot about Wardell, Stephen Curry. Well, he had a, a, a big series, and we talked a lot about Game 6, Clay, and rightfully so. They're the Splash Brothers. You know, and they've been there. They've done that. Uh, And Steph is the catalyst. I know a lot of times that we acknowledge other superstar players and their leadership and their productivity and their consistency. Steph Curry being an unselfish superstar that doesn't have to be ball dominant to put up huge numbers 
is an amazing dynamic for the growth of players like Jordan Poole. And then it allows Draymond to be the team's facilitator offensively and lead it in assists. And so his productivity is something I believe that we've started to take for granted, but I think he's going to have a big series and remind everybody. So Jalen, we always like to go deeper in the box score here on Jalen and Jacoby, and we remember the last time that the Mavs and the Warriors played, and the Mavs did something interesting. It seemed like they were doubling him on pick plays a lot more than other teams do. Mm-hmm. Now, was it effective? Not particularly, but it was certainly a strategy that they employed. Do you expect them to continue to do that against Steph Curry like they did previous time they played? Absolutely. And, and by the way, you won't see Steph struggle mightily like CP3 did, but Jason Kidd understands the value of quote-unquote cutting off the head of the snake. He was that player. We were in the same draft. Jason Kidd, triple-double threat. He, he already know, I got to disturb CP3. I got to disturb Steph Curry. And then we'll see who else can beat me. And so, yes, plan to see more of that. And I know you mentioned Game 6 Clay before, but don't let this get to Game 6, Mavs, because Game 6 Clay knows it's Game 6. He <laughs> knows he's got this reputation. He always steps up for Game 6 and... Game six against Memphis was no different. They better have a 3-2 lead after five if they get to a game six in this one. But don't underestimate, like, some of those historic game sixes. Like, the way he shot down Oklahoma City. He shot mm. – he, he, like, like the, the one thing about Clay is him being injured was a major catalyst to them growing their roster and Draymond yep. Green being healthy. And now in this series, since Day-Day doesn't have to play against the Joker, doesn't have to go against the height of Jaron Jackson Jr., who can shoot the three or the physicality and athleticism of Clark or the strength and the mass of just Steven Adams, in this series, he's going against Powell, Kleber, and Bertans. So already now he's middle linebacker. He's free safety. He's guarding the screener. He's strong side. When Luka had a ball on the wing, Draymond already standing on the block. You, you know, right now, he already standing on the block as a, as a weak side, <laughs> help side defender. He's going to be doing a lot of roaming in this series. I think so, too. I think that's a really good point. And we have to mention Jordan Poole, who's just exploded, in my mind, the most approved player, should have won the trophy, for, in my personal opinion. And what he has done from G League last year to the league this year has just been so impressive. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and again, like, that's the injury to Clay. That's the injury to Steph, giving them minutes. The draft capital, Bob Myers, making sure that you hit on players. Wiseman is going to be a player who's not contributing, but Kaminga has shown what he can do. Building out uh, a role for Gary Payton a second, getting him minutes. And then Poole just flourishing as a certified bucket. And I expect him to get back going in this series offensively as well. I'm glad you brought Kaminga because he's an interesting player in this series because you can be like, listen, we don't need you to play 40 minutes and score 20 points. Play 17 minutes, just bother Luka. Just come in with the second unit and just make things different and more difficult for Luka, which is something that he can certainly do. So I've heard that be said, and I love the young fella. Like, the sky's the limit for his athleticism and his potential. I love his court demeanor. He's going to improve as a jump shooter. 
But in this series, guarding Luka, he's going to have his moments. He's going to get his good steals. He's going to catch his lives. He's going to get his good blocks. But you know what else he's going to get? Fouls. Remember I told you, going against Luka, like the way he's herky-jerky and stuff like that, and what you don't want to do is try to put the Mavs in a bonus. So it's going to be a great chess move. But, again, everybody's going to get a chance to guard Luka. Kaminga's yeah. no different. Clay's going to get some. Steph's going to get some. Looney's going to get some. Uh, uh, Otto Porter, when he plays, he going to get, like, pull, like, everybody. Look at these highlights. Let's you also, let's not forget. Before the Sun series, I was like, well, listen, they've got Bridges, who is, you know, one of the defensive player of the year candidates. <laughs> they've got Cam Johnson, who's got length. Like, they're going to make things difficult for Luka. And what did Luka do? Just beat him by 50 points. You know what I mean? So, there is no answer to Luka. But... We will see what happens tonight in the Western Conference Finals. Very quickly, Jalen, I want to ask your opinion about something. You've got such a great NBA brain. When they announced the play-in, you said you liked it. You're open to change as an NBA vet. But how do you feel about the potential of a mid-season tournament and the potential implications, whether it's draft position or playoff position or seating or home court advantage? What do you feel about a mid-season tournament? I, I, I love that. And let me tell you why. If there is a complaint about the NBA season in the schedule, what is it, Jacoby? Too long. Too long. Correct. So if it's going to be too long because the players and the owners clearly don't want to take less money by, say, cutting it to 72 games, right? So since we're not trying to get that haircut, what can we do to make the marathon more attractive to everybody involved? That's really all it like is, from the fans like to the coaches at. to the players to the league. That, that's really all it is. When Adam Silver, who's the best commissioner in sports, came with the playing tournament, remember LeBron didn't like it. I was on this show mm -hmm. like LeBron bugging. This is the greatest thing for the league. And by the way, now you don't hear the words low management. One other thing, now the rookie pay scale has had players reinvest in their teams versus leaving, thus eliminating another term in today's lexicon, super teams. So Adam Silver, with this idea, I'm all for it. Adam Silver, huge fan of Jalen Jacoby, watches every day and listens to the podcast twice every night. We'll be back right after this with more. You're watching <laughs> Jalen and Jacoby. Welcome back to Jalen and Jacoby, where every single day that Brittany Griner remains detained in Russia, we acknowledge it. It's been going on too long. Wrongfully detained for 90 days, we here at Jalen and Jacoby wish her a speedy, safe return to the United States. Huge game tonight, 9 o'clock. Mavs, Warriors, game one. Who you got, Jalen? Warriors on their home floor. Luka has a huge game. Draymond Green is a menace defensively. He gets a... First with a triple-double, Warriors win at home. We'll be back on Monday. Thank you. We always say we get the people what they want. Part of that is doing podcast-exclusive content for our podcast listeners where we get to talk about all the things they won't let us talk about on television. Jalen, I want to talk to you about Jimmy Butler, who got it done. And the ones who get it done is brought to you by Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry. Backed by 24-7 support and access to product specialists, call, click, Granger.com or stop by. Now, Jalen, uh, this is going to be a trap for you right now. This is an actual trap. There's been a group that summited 
Mount Everest historically. What do you think about this group that climbed Mount Everest? It's definitely cultural. I told you it was a trap. All black people. The first all black group of people that summited Mount Everest. I told you it was a trap. Oh. Oh, wow. First, first wow. time in wow. history. Okay. I'm proud of them. I'm proud of them. Was it cold outside? Yeah, it's cold outside. I know it wasn't cold. It's Mount Everest, my God. Oh, man. They don't, they, don't, they don't have a summer on top of Mount Everest. They don't put out lawn chairs and take tans. That's not how it works when you're on top of Mount Everest. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's cold up there all of the time, huh? Not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it. poisoning and pass out. Like, they they can only go, like, 50 feet a day and stuff. Like, oh, it's Mm -mm. altitude poisoning, it's called. Your brain pressure doesn't work. Like, why would you ever want to do that? No, thank you. I I regret running a marathon. Talking about going up the top of Mount Everest. It's got to be absolutely crazy. So, Jalen, something happened on Twitter last night. That's one of those things that when I see it as someone who's been at ESPN for 23 years, I'm like, oh, this is going to be all over ESPN shows tomorrow, but we're not doing it on J&J on the TV. So we'll just talk about the fact that it happened on the podcast. KD, knowing exactly what he's doing, just puts out a tweet like, what 90s centers do you think could be MVPs in today's game, right? You know, KD sees Pat Bev trending. You know what I mean? He sees, he sees what's happening in the world. You know, he's like, let me just get involved. Well, I'm at home, and of course, it's fodder for the morning shows, and it's fodder for us because it's an interesting conversation. So you, as someone who played against all of these centers that were discussed, LeBron got involved. What centers from the 90s could win MVP in today's game? And before you answer, I want to say something that I always say during these debates. There are two types. There is born on a different day, or you teleport them, okay? So this is a teleport. They are the same people with the same game, the same training, the same everything. You know, so we're talking about Pat Ewing. He didn't, right now he'd probably shoot 40% from threes if he was born 20 years later. So this is a teleportation. Whose game could dominate in today's game from the 90s? So a couple of things. I'm, I'm glad you brought this up. There are a couple of more things on social media I hope you bring up too. A, B, and Keisha Cole, we'll get to that. I was about to say, from the look on your face, I don't think I'm going (laughs) to. I like my job too much. We'll get to that after this. But but a couple of things. When I saw um, the KD tweet, quote-unquote, go viral or whatever, I'm glad you worded it the way you did because that's how I felt too. Like, that was him just really trying to, A, throw shade at the center position and B, throw Mm -hmm. shade at the 90s. Because he knows when people see his game, they say that he can play in any era. So he kind of trying to diminish what they accomplished because the game looked different then. So, so I I'm glad you here. worded it that I want to give you a compliment. I, I want to give you too. a compliment. Because a lot of times people are bigging themselves up, but they're not talking about themselves. You see what I'm saying? Like KD is saying, look how great my game is, but let's discuss if players that you think are so great could play in my era, but so continue and with the, with the, Correct. with, the, with the, the, the exercise. Correct. Clip that. I need to post this. This is awesome. And so here's the other thing I want to say. If you look at the landscape of the 90s, 
in the scoring race, nine of the top 10 were all centers at one point. And so that's the answer to the question. If they were able to lead the league in scoring, that means in today's game, that puts you in a category of MVP if your team is winning. Mm-hmm. Does that make and sense? The players, so yeah, the players that were mentioned were Hakeem, David Robinson, Patrick Ewing. I was going there. I was no, going yeah. there. I was going there. So first off, a couple of them have won MVPs already. You see what I mean? David Robinson has 70 in the game before. He'll be out here. He'll, like, Draymond Green couldn't guard David Robinson. Draymond disagrees, but continue. Too tall. It ain't even, it ain't even about like any too tall. Dennis Rodman couldn't either. Too tall. That's all. And like that, that this this is a tall man's game. I always tell you, KD and Steph show up at the park, people picking KD. Cause he's taller. And it's funny when you do this, you're so good at breaking down the nuances of basketball, but you're also good at making it very simple. Like sometimes we'll just like talk about some player and you're like, too short. <laughs> if he's too much taller, he'd be a great player. But it just isn't, you know, it just right. helps to be taller. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, so this helps. is a tall man's game. <laughs> and so all of the guys I'm going to mention, so, so all of the guys I'm going to mention could shoot. How much is a premium is shooting is in today's game? Very important. Means everything. Okay, so Patrick Ewing, Hakeem Olajuwon, they can shoot. And they have post game. So I can shoot you facing up, but also I'm gonna punish you in the paint, block shots and grab every rebound. So that automatically makes that happen for you. And Shaq was also in the 90s. He was out here mm. already trending, making $120 million to go from Orlando to the Lakers. That's a good point. Tim Duncan actually played center when David Robinson retired. So People don't consider him like, a center, but he's a center. We're, we're, correct. <laughs> correct. He played center when David Robinson retired. Period. And... So all of those guys, depending on their team's record, would be all-stars, would be all-NBA, which therefore puts you in contention to be an MVP. Is there anyone else you consider? It seems like Pat Ewing was one who might just be a little too slow afoot to kind of like keep up with all the motion that centers get put in, in today's game. He's just as fast as the Joker. That's fair. And I also feel like it, it, you teleport them there, maybe not day one, they're dominating. But like, if you give Patrick Ewing a season to sort of like figure it out, by season two, he's gonna he's gonna be scoring thirty points every night. So first off, Patrick Ewing's initial greatness is defense. So he blocking every so 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 like the one thing I love about going to games is I remember being at games and I was short and small. 
compared to the players that were on the court. Now I'm just as tall as guys that's playing power forward and weigh about the same. The body types in the league have changed. Patrick Ewing would be punishing these guys. And here's the other thing. He could also shoot. He could shoot. Like, yeah, yeah, that 15-footer is like, wet. wet. He could shoot. Right. Yeah, he like he could block, block his jump shot. At the release point, uh, right. like the way he would, he, like he would shoot, he would already have it two feet over his head, which is at seven feet before he, he released shoot. the ball. He can shoot the ball. That was one of the strengths of his offensive game. If people got mad at Patrick Ewan, it was because they felt like he shot too much from the perimeter. And let, let, don't even let me start talking about the dream shake. Like, I mean, that's that one's with a king. Like he, come, I mean, I mean like, come on, man. So, so we not gonna do that. You put all of these guys in today's league. Put them in the game last night. Put it, put it, all right, here you go. Let's put them in the Mavs Warrior series. What would all of those guys do that I just named in the Mavs Warrior series? Here's what would happen. Let's say you put them in in the second quarter. The coach that has that player would call a timeout and say, guys, we're going to completely re rework our offense. Just let me get the clipboard. <laughs> we're going to put Ford around, and he's in the middle, and we're going to post him up just like it is the 90s. That's what, that's what we're going to do. Give me the clipboard. Whatever, whatever I told you up to this point in this season, just throw it out the window. Ding, ding, I'm going to tell you, ding, we're going to change ding, everything. Ding, ding. We're going to change everything, and we're going to post up, and they're going to double, and then we're going to hit shots. Quick. We're going to win by 35. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. Good luck with putting Powell and Kleber and Bertans on any of those guys <laughs> that I just named. Like, we we not doing this. We are not There's doing this. There's a reason this. they're all-time greats. There's a reason we, they're in the we top are not 75. about to act like. There's hey, a reason they're in the and, Hall of Fame. And, 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 and let me just say this: <clears throat> they're the greatest eras of rap, right? I just gotta tell mm -hmm. this era: this ain't the greatest era of basketball, and it's okay. It, it, for me, it's it's apples. This and ain't the greatest apples era of basketball. It's just different. It's just different. It doesn't make it better or worse. No, it's this ain't different. the great. I use the I, I use the term greatest. This ain't the greatest era of basketball. The greatest era In of basketball opinion. is the '80s. No, In that's a opinion. fact. That's a fact. That's an objective no, that's fact. fact. That's an objective yeah, this, fact. This is e, this is E equals MC squared study <laughs> and tried and true and, and like. Follow the compression and the, t the all all of the metrics of of excellence and and, and historical value and greatness. I got a chance to see a league that had <laughs> anybody's top ten. Like you start talking about your top ten rappers, it's gonna be like three or four in the same. Same with the top ten players. Look at the night. Look at the eighties. They all. That's when they played Magic mm. Bird. Jordan, Isaiah, that's when they played. Kareem. Barkley, Kareem. Hakeem, Kareem, 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 exactly. That's that's when they played. That's your top 10. Right there. Larry Bird. I love Larry Bird so much. Come on, man. Jalen, the Lions, on, they put out a power, a power ranking of all of the the NFL teams heading into the season after the draft, right? Yep. Number one, my Bills. Bills Mafia. This is the year. Last year was the year they got cheated out of the overtime. They, they changed the rules because the Bills got cheated last year. They should give the, the, the Lombardi trophy to the Lions. They really should. They really should. They won. They won. <laughs> I mean, to the Bills. They won.
But the Lions, where would you guess the Lions are? We always win the preseason or the offseason. I want to win in the postseason. <laughs> We're not doing this. They ain't going to have it. Where I am not doing this. Out of 32 this. teams, out of 32 teams, where do you think they're power ranked? I'm the only human being for the last 10 years that does a show on television that y'all see with a Lions helmet. Whether they from Detroit, whether they play for the team, whatever. I am not falling for any of this preseason stuff. I love our young guns, and I'm about to get me an Aiden Hutchinson jersey. But, I, I mean, do, do we – we're not doing this. I, how about this? I saw my team go 4-0 in the preseason one time and go 0-16 that year. We're not doing this. This offseason, preseason, you know what I'm saying? We don't play a meaningful game until September. People gonna buy the tickets. We are excited about the team. It's football. We're gonna buy the tickets anyway. But we ain't about to act like the Lions about to win the Super Bowl this year. We're not doing that. Oh no. The Lions are definitely not going to the Super Bowl. They're number 23 out of 32 teams. Which would honestly be a big win for them. That'd be a big win for the Lions and their fans. If they could pull See? that off. See, that's, see, that's expectations. See, that's expectations. See? <laughs> you were like, we're not doing this, but then you did it for 10 minutes. We will be back tomorrow with another Don't Pod to Step 2. Oh, we won't. We're off. We're preempted. Thursday and Friday. We won't be back until Monday. We'll have, we'll be, we'll have three games done in both series, and we'll break all of that down on Monday. Why is that, Channel Anthony Rose? Appreciate the love. 10 years in running. Thank you to our staff. Shout out to Reg the Ledge and the rest of the team. We're not done. We're not done. We are not done.